Hey guys, Chris here, and uh, welcome to the first episode for this season of the Underdog NFL Mock Draft Show. We thought we'd have a little bit of fun. We're going to do a handful of these leading up to the NFL Draft, as we always do. The draft, of course, set to kick off late April, April 27th. I've got PFN and their Mock Draft database open in front of me. We're going to be using that because it's the best option for us right here where it's going to offer trades it is it my favorite of the uh, the big three mock draft simulators oh well, yeah it's it's in that top three for sure but <laughs> but i do like the fact that it offers you uh, offers you trades so that's what we're going to go with we're just gonna this is going to be a little experimental episode i'll have some people joining me in the next couple we've got some cool guests lined up and i'm excited for that I do have BovadaSportsbook.com open in front of me. We're going to take a look at all of their NFL mock draft props for uh, for this year's uh, selection process. It's going to be fun. We're gonna we're gonna figure stuff out. We are on YouTube, YouTube.com/backslash/TheUnderdog. MattCronePicks.com will also get you there, and uh, it's also going to be available on podcast form. In podcast form. On, uh, on Spotify or the podcast provider of your choice. So, I've got a lot of information here open in front of me. As you can see, if you're watching on, uh, on YouTube, we do have the mock draft screen up. I mentioned I've got all the Bavada props up. I have got a handful of mock drafts up as well, just uh, for, for point of comparison, really. We've got Bucky Brooks at NFL.com. We've got Cynthia Freeland at NFL.com for the analytics. We've got Keith Sanchez at the Draft Network. And we've got Matt Hoover at, over at Tankathon, friend of the show, friend of the site, and a spectacular site. You, you're watching this, you know what Tankathon is. I don't have to tell you that. So let's, uh, let's dig into this. The Panthers make this big trade to move up and get that number one overall pick. It has to be a quarterback. We all know it's going to be a quarterback. The heavy favorite here at Bavada is, in fact, C.J. Stroud, coming in at minus 325. Bryce Young, number two, plus 275, and Anthony Richardson, plus 700 at, in third place. This is interesting, right, because these are three very, very, very different quarterbacks. I think C.J. Stroud is the safest pick of these of this lot to be a good NFL quarterback. I don't know that he's as talented a thrower as Bryce Young is, and he, neither of them are anything approaching the athlete that Anthony Richardson is. I do wonder. I I, I know who I'm going to pick right now. I do wonder as things progress a little bit, though, is this going to change for me because. With all of the hype we're getting getting in terms of Anthony Richardson right now, it feels like the Kyler Murray draft, doesn't it? It feels like a guy who we thought, oh yeah, he's going to be in that middle first round, end of the first round based upon talent, keeps moving up and up and up and up and up. And I wonder if this is being repeated this year. I really do. When it's all said and done, it could be Anthony Richardson, but at this point... It has to be, you know, we have to go the safe bet. It has to be C.J. Stroud, the quarterback from Ohio State. He will immediately be a new face of the franchise. Will be the best quarterback that team has had in quite some time. And like I said, 
maybe not the extreme upside of some of the other players, but I think he has the least downside in terms of this top three. And you can, if you want to include Will Levis in the group, we can say the top four. So CJ Stroud, quarterback from Ohio State, will be our number one pick in the draft. And we're going to move on to uh, the Houston Texans. By the way, Bucky Brooks, Cynthia, Keith, and Tankathon all agree Stroud goes number one. Number two pick, Houston Texans, another team in desperate need of a signal caller. Um, Davis Mills was not the guy for the Houston Texans. They gave him this year to find out, and it just didn't go his way. Houston feels like they're in a position where they can't gamble. They need quality here. They cannot bust on Anthony Richardson with the number two pick in the draft, and that's, that's the reason why I'm going to agree once again, there's a consensus in this, in these four mock drafts here. The number two pick in the draft has to be the safest, well, the most talented, I would say, quarterback in the draft. Alabama's Bryce Young. Bryce Young, Bryce didn't have the year he did last year. Neither did C.J. Stroud, as a matter of fact. Bryce Young, 3,328 yards passing, 32 touchdowns to five interceptions, completed 64.5% of his passes. Both he and Stroud down from the year before. Both uh, they lo both lost weapons. Stroud lost Olave and Garrett uh, Wilson. Bryce Young. I mean, how many how many first round pick wide receivers has Bryce Young lost over the last handful of years? Uh, plus John Michi, who went to the Texans. Connection there in the middle rounds last year. The only knock on Bryce Young is his height. He's going to be an outlier in terms of his height at the quarterback position in the NFL. We don't see guys like this succeed that often, but as we're seeing with Kyler, and if Bryce Young can also buck the trend of shorter quarterbacks succeeding in the NFL, I do think it's going to open the door a little bit more, and we're going to we're going to be less worried about the stigma of height for these quarterbacks, especially a guy with a good, clean, high-release point like Bryce Young. So Bryce Young, quarterback, Alabama, the number two pick for the Houston Texans. And I mentioned he is, uh, he's plus 275 at Bavada to be that number one overall pick. Not a terrible gamble because at this point it does feel like it's between Stroud and Young, but it has to be. I think this is, I think this is the correct order right now. I think it is, uh, I think it is Stroud and then Young. So let's move on to the number three pick in the draft, the Arizona Cardinals. This is an interesting one because, you know, maybe Jalen Carter was in the conversation prior to his catastrophic pre-draft. Pre-draft everything, man. Few guys have, it's shades of Laramie Tunsil in terms of just tanking your draft stock leading up to, leading up to the process that's going to make you a multi-millionaire. And you have to worry about the decision-making. And then he goes to his pro day in terrible shape. Can't even finish drills. So, the number three pick for this Arizona Cardinals team, a team that, that really needs help on the defensive line, really needs a guy to get to the passer, is got to be Will Anderson. And this will, I will again agree with the four mock drafts I have open. This will, I believe this will be the last time there is a consensus here, Will Anderson, the number three pick to the Arizona Cardinals, the top defensive player to come off the board. By the way, Bavada has Will Anderson 
as their top defensive player uh, in terms of draft position. The favorite, minus 400, Jalen Carter coming up second. A, quite a gap between the two at plus 650. Number four is really where it gets interesting. The Indianapolis Colts hold the selection, and the new head coach, Shane Steichen, is, I think, the X factor here. He is the guy who a lot of people give credit to helping develop Jalen Hurts into an MVP caliber quarterback. So now you wonder, is he thinking he can repeat that process? I tend to think that that is probably the way it goes. Uh, Bucky Brooks has Tyree Wilson being the pick here. Cynthia Freeland has Anthony Richardson. Sanchez has Will Levis. And Tankathon has Anthony Richardson as well. This is this is a guy who is going to get people fired if it doesn't work out. But the upside here is tremendous. Maybe the most athletic quarterback to ever test at the Combine in terms of size, strength, speed, and all of that good stuff. So I do think the Colts are going to take a big swing. Maybe the most uh, the most polar opposite quarterback to some of the guys who they've had here in the past. The, uh, the uh, Philip Rivers, the Andrew Locks, and uh, the like. The Indianapolis Colts with a number four pick take Florida quarterback Anthony Richardson to add to their staff. 2,549 yards passing for Richardson in the SEC. 17 touchdowns to nine interceptions. Gives you pause. The number that really concerns me is that 53.8% completion percentage. It would terrify me, but Shane Steichen, he did it once. Can he do it again? Can he, can he develop a relatively raw quarterback, a guy who has questions about his ability to throw the football into an elite quarterback in the National Football League? Time will tell. And if he can't, Shane Steichen won't be the, the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts heading into that 2025 season, would be my guess. Let's move on to the next pick, the Seattle Seahawks. This is a team that needs a lot. Um, outperformed, I think, a little bit what we expected last year. Getting a pass rusher either on the edge or the defensive line is going to be important. They could certainly use a wide receiver. Um, you know, I, potentially, you wonder how committed are they to Geno Smith? That's one of those interesting little questions as this draft moves along. I don't think they gamble here on the number four quarterback, the number five pick, but it, it's something to keep an eye on for a little bit later on in the process. So looking at this, we have, we have Jalen Carter, we have Tyree Wilson, we have Anthony Richardson, and Tyree Wilson, again, as the highest odds to be selected here. The Seahawks do feel like they need to go defense. It does feel like they can take a swing on a guy who is a little bit raw because they're not in let's compete right now mode, even though they did overperform a little bit. So the number five pick in this draft will be Texas Tech edge Tyree Wilson to the Seattle Seahawks. Wilson, 61 tackles and seven sacks last year. Just in terms of size and athletic ability, in that top, top, top percentage of players, but you worry about his burst a little bit. The one, the one thing that he does have going in his favor is uh, the advanced analytics in that relate to disengaging once engaged. 
are favorable towards Wilson. So maybe he doesn't have that initial burst, but he's not staying locked up long. That's going to help. And, uh, you know, they can afford to take a swing on a guy who maybe a long-time double-digit sack guy in the NFL if uh, everything breaks correctly. So let's talk about this pick. Number six is the Detroit Lions, and this is really a fascinating one because, well, they didn't expect to be picking here. Uh, certainly not thanks to the deal that they made that Matt Stafford trade via the Rams. I think we all thought this trade was going to be nearer the end of the first round. This is a this is a bonus pick for the Lions. The and you know we're going to see a handful of those. Same thing with that that Seattle pick coming from Denver and the the Philly pick coming from the Saints a little bit later. These teams can afford to take swings. And the biggest swing in this draft for sure is going to be Jalen Carter. Detroit can use defensive line help. They could also use help on the outside of cornerback. They could use an edge. <laughs> is quarterback in that conversation? I'm not sure. So for me, if you're going to take a swing, it's probably Jalen Carter. If you're going to play it safe at cornerback, it's probably Christian Gonzalez from Oregon. It just it does feel like this is an opportunity here to go get an elite talent. But I think the, the question we really have to wonder, and the, the thing that is going to influence this selection more than anything else, is does Dan Campbell determine that Jalen Carter is a culture fit for this Detroit Lions team? feels like I'm going to say no. I'm going to say that they there's going to be concerns here. He as I mentioned his pre-draft process has been has been awful. I'm going to say he is off their board. We we heard today that he's off the Raiders board at 7. So that's going to push it down further. The selection here is going to be breakout cornerback from Oregon, Christian Gonzalez. For the Detroit Lions, he will go number six overall. Gonzalez had 50 tackles, seven pass deflections, and four interceptions this season for the Ducks. And by the way, Christian uh, Christian Gonzalez is in the head the draft head to head at Bavada. One of the more interesting things where they uh, they put two prospects up and the prop is for who goes first. Gonzalez minus 200 to be selected over Devin Weatherspoon who is uh, plus 150 to be the first of those two selected. Just keep that in mind as we're going forward. And Gonzalez also has the fourth best odds to be the first defensive player selected at plus 1,200 at Bavada. So, Weatherspoon, or pardon me, Christian Gonzalez, the Oregon cornerback, the number six pick to the Detroit Lions. Number seven, the Las Vegas Raiders. Some of the picks we're seeing, Will Levis, Christian Gonzalez, but he's off the board. Jalen Carter, but we don't believe he, they're going to be interested. And Christian Gonzalez, again. The Raiders are a team that they could use a quarterback. You know, the, the question... The question is uh, a pretty substantial one in terms of the long-term solidity of that quarterback position there. Cornerback is another place. Offensive tackle is another place. Can I tell you though, I do think that this is going to be one of the first wild cards a little bit of this draft. Raiders going to Raider. And I think they're going to look to improve the offensive line here. And not with who you think. 
I do not think it's going to be Ohio State offensive tackle Paris Johnson. I'm going to take Broderick Jones, the offensive tackle from uh, from Georgia, redshirt sophomore, to be the number seven selection to the Las Vegas Raiders. By the way, in the draft head-to-head, they don't even have Broderick Jones as one of the options for the first uh, offensive tackle selected at Bavada. It is, in fact, <laughs> Paris Johnson and Peter Skronsky as the options. Number eight, the Atlanta Falcons. The big question with Atlanta is, you know, is Lamar Jackson going to be playing quarterback? Because, you know, Lamar Jackson is not going to be a Baltimore Raven. It's, is it going to be Atlanta? Is it going to be somebody else? Is it going to be Indy? If you're Indy, why would you not gamble on Lamar Jackson over Anthony Richardson? But we don't know yet. The uh, For Atlanta, this team, they need an edge, they need a corner, they need a defensive lineman, they need a tackle. We're seeing guys like Lucas Van Ness, Will Levis, Broderick Jones, and Christian Gonzalez. So running the gambit of positions here, quarterbacks just don't tend to fall. If it's not Lamar Jackson, it needs to be somebody. So we're going to have our fourth quarterback selected here. Atlanta takes Kentucky quarterback Will Levis. Will Levis had a you know a breakout year for this school this year, though you'd like to see the the touchdown to interception a little bit higher. 2,406 yards, 19 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Did complete 65.4% of his passes. So accuracy not as big an issue as some of the other guys. Actually, he falls just below C.J. Stroud, above Bryce Young in terms of completion percentage. This year, also a threat with his legs and uh, just a, a hulk of a human being. If you, if you guys have seen the Pro Day pictures, just a gigantic, gigantic strong man. So, we're gonna, the Falcons are going to gamble on Levis with that number eight pick. We're going to move on to the number nine pick, the Chicago Bears. And it's just all falling into place. There was talk that the Bears had interest in Jalen Carter at number one. And now we're sitting here at number nine. I don't think Chicago is going to be as concerned as Detroit is in terms of the culture fit. I just don't see how this is not Jalen Carter. It just makes sense here. So we are going to have Georgia defensive tackle Jalen Carter, the number nine pick to the Chicago Bears. Carter, 32 tackles and three sacks this year, along with three passes defended and two forced fumbles. The worth pointing out that the Georgia stats are always weird because of how they rotate their defensive linemen. You know, we, we see it with we see it with a guy like uh, like Jordan Davis in the past, and we see it again illustrated with uh, some of the players that we're going to see come off the board later in the first round this this uh, draft. Number 10, the Philadelphia Eagles. My beloved Philadelphia Eagles. A lot of different ways they can go. This is a team that likes to draft for the future. Uh, Bucky Brooks has the pick being Nolan Smith. Speaking of those Georgia defensive linemen, Cynthia Freeland, Lucas Van Ness, another defensive end. Keith Sanchez, Miles Murphy, another defensive end. And Tankathon has Devin Weatherspoon, Weatherspoon, excuse me, as the selection there. This is almost certainly going to be a trade back. Um, 
And I'm not gonna lie, I thought the trades would still populate even if I pick select at all. So, it's gonna be a trade back. I, I would expect Eagles general manager Howie Roseman to try and stock up on picks as they're looking to replace some players that they lost in free agency this year and continuing to look to the future to bring in replacements for guys who are gonna be gone in the next couple of years. I have the sneaking suspicion that the Eagles trade back from 10 to the late teens and their pick is the most un-Howie Roseman pick ever. I, I think the pick is going to be B. John Robinson, uh, assuming a trade back into the late teens, early 20s. It just feels like that is an opportunity to save Jalen Hurts a little bit, save him from himself, and continue to make that RPO as dangerous as it can possibly be. And especially with them able to uh, being able to bring back Darius Slay and James Bradbury. Now, they didn't bring back either of the starting safeties or their linebackers, but I don't think either of those positions has the value here. Brian Branch would be the best option, but still feels like a stretch this high. And when we're talking about linebackers, there's nobody even in this conversation right now. I just wonder, I just wonder... Is it going to be a guy like Paris Johnson if they stay at 10? Maybe they play him at right guard for a year. They start to look as, at a Lane Johnson replacement. Is it going to be a Van Ness? It just feels like this is going to be Nolan Smith if they stay here. Incredible Combine would give the Eagles... It's funny because the player he's compared to the most is Hassan Reddick, but athletically very similar to Micah Parsons would give the Eagles that sort of chess piece to use defensively, get another guy who can get off the edge and get after the quarterback, and you reunite him with Jordan Davis and Kobe Dean in what was a, a dominant college defense. You're trying to recreate that and have it be a dominant professional defense. So my pick is... And I don't know how I feel about it, but my pick uh, is Nolan Smith, Edge, Georgia, number 10 pick for the Philadelphia Eagles. And uh, by the way, Nolan Smith, he is all the way at plus 7,500 at Bavada for first defensive player selected. But he's rising after that incredible combine, no doubt about that. All right, we're going to speed things up here a little bit. We're going to get to that number 11 pick. The Tennessee Titans, and this one is just, it's it's got to be offensive linemen, right? They're completely rebuilding. They moved away from Taylor Lewan. They need an OT. They need a wide receiver. I don't think receiver is value here. So the Tennessee Titans, by the way, some of the, some of the picks, Paris Johnson, Nolan Smith, Peter Skaronsky, and also Skaronsky a second time. I don't think we expect Paris Johnson to be available at this point. Paris Johnson, the pick, number 11, to the Tennessee Titans. Number 12, the Houston Texans, their second selection of this draft. And it might be time to start thinking about getting some help for Bryce Young in this offense. The question just becomes, in what form do they go and get help? Uh, Jackson, Smith, and Jiba, an option. Again, Smith and Jiba. Quentin Johnson and Miles Murphy. I really, I think Smith and Jiba is, 
I, I think he's massively underrated because of the injuries this year. He's Cooper Cuppy to me. And if you can give Bryce Young his version of Cooper Cup, it seems foolish to not do so. Uh, Skaronski is an interesting option. B. John Robinson, an interesting option. But the number 14 pick is going to be uh, Jackson Smith Ajiba to the Houston Texans. We move on to number 13, the New York Football Jets. And there is a lot of different ways they can go here. This is a team, again, overperformed this year. Offensive tackle seems to be the the prevailing thought. Could they look to a safety? Could it be Brian Branch here? Could they go interior offensive line? It just feels like protecting the quarterback is going to be the most important thing, especially if that quarterback ends up being Aaron Rodgers. And how funny that they're also not drafting skill positions in the first round for Aaron Rodgers. Wonder how he'll feel about that. But cry me a river, Aaron. Cry me a river. We're going to have the number 13 pick in this mock draft be Peter Skaronsky, offensive tackle, Northwestern, a guy I absolutely think the world of, can play outside, can play inside, and will do a good job wherever he is. Uh, some of the popular picks, Osiris Torrance, Paris Johnson, Paris Johnson, and Broderick Jones. So I think we're all on the same page. They, they get help on the offensive line, and that is the pick here. Number 14, the New England Patriots. They can use a wide receiver. They can use a tackle. They can use a corner. They can use an edge. It feels like Devin Weatherspoon should not be on the board at this point. It just does. And because of that, Witherspoon is going to be my pick here to the New England Patriots. A guy just rose, 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 rose throughout the entire season. I know Daniel Jeremiah thinks he's the best cornerback in the draft. I don't have a huge problem with that. Great cornerback draft. Really talented defensive players at the top of this. Witherspoon, the number 14 pick to the New England Patriots. Number 15 is the Green Bay Packers. A lot of different directions they can go. It's going to be, I don't know, do you call it a rebuilding year? They, they really like Jordan Love. They need a tight end. They need a receiver. They need an edge. I just, uh, it's, they, I guess, uh, can, I don't, it just feels to me like Lucas Van Ness is a, a, just he's a Packers pick, right? You put him opposite Rashawn Gary, let them both wreak havoc in opposing backfields. It, Van Ness just feels like a Packers pick. Really good season uh, in as a rotational player for for that Iowa team. He, it really, it just, he feels like he's the guy. Uh, 37, 37 tackles, six sacks for Van Ness. And he's going to be my number 15 pick to the Green Bay Packers, Lucas Van Ness. Number 16, and the kind of halfway point in the first round of this mock draft, the Washington Commanders on the board. Washington's another team that can go a lot of ways. Cornerback, interior offensive line, offensive tackle, all options. It's, it's going to be interesting to see exactly what form this takes. I do think we're probably looking at an offensive lineman here, though. 
corner and keeping a guy like Joey Porter Jr. in the general area could be a fascinating option for the Commanders. I like that pick. Uh, some of the popular picks for the Commanders here. In, in fact, Bucky Brooks does have Joey Porter Jr. Freeland has Christian Gonzalez. Devin Witherspoon is the pick of Keith Sanchez. And Michael Mayer from Tankathon. It's going to be Joey Porter Jr., the Penn State physical cornerback, the number 16 pick to the Washington Commanders. Watching to see how these, these cornerbacks break out when it comes to draft day is going to be really interesting. 27 tackles, but 11 passes defended for Porter Jr. this year. Those are crazy numbers. Absolutely crazy numbers. 11. You don't see that be a 2.5 to 1 very often. So that's, that is impressive. The number 17 pick, the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers, a team in flux. They could use a corner. They could use a tackle. They could use a defensive lineman. They could use an edge. Just a lot of places they can go. Uh, some of the popular picks, Deontay Banks, Broderick Jones, Deontay Banks, and Quentin Johnson. I'll tell you what. The Steelers are a team that values interior defensive linemen, uh, especially with some scheme versatility. I'm not a fan, but I do think it's probably time Brian Bercy comes off the board. Was Had his struggles because of some off-the-field stuff, some, some injuries in the past couple of years, and maybe didn't live up to the numbers that you would hope for, 15 tackles and 3.5 sacks this year, but a gigantic amount of upside, Brian Brzee, the number 17 pick to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Number 18 is the Detroit Lions having already taken Christian Gonzalez. They're in a great position here. They're in a great position. I think you take the best player on the board and you put him next to Aiden Hutchinson and just let these guys go to work. Miles Murphy, the number 18 pick to the Detroit Lions. The Clemson Edge joins a really impressive young Detroit defense that already drafted Christian Gonzalez. Early on, some of the popular picks there, Deontay Banks, Michael Mayer, Dalton Kincaid, and Kalijah Kansi. Number 19, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the board. The Bucks, well, who's going to be their quarterback? Are we, are we confident with the players that we've brought in here? Is this, uh, is this Baker Mayfield's team? Is it going to be a cornerback? If it's corner, it's a little bit of a reach unless you're looking at Keely Ringo or Cam Smith, two guys who I don't think all that highly of. I guess Deontay Banks still on the board as well. Could be an offensive tackle, could be an edge. This is really a BPA type of year for this Tampa Bay team. They're going to need help. They're going to need to establish an identity. And I wonder if that identity is going to be the run. Does Tampa Bay lean into a post-Tom Brady era with B. John Robinson? Maybe the most talented player in this entire draft. And by the way, B. John Robinson in terms of being the first offensive player uh, selected. <sighs> Look, well, high, high odds. But even in terms of being the number one pick, he is tied for sixth place 
at Bavada to be the number one pick. Granted, it is plus 20,000, but tied for sixth place nonetheless. I like it. I think this is a guy who can change teams, can change offenses, and just can do it all with love. I, I want him in Philadelphia badly, but I believe Bijan Robinson, the number 19 selection to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Scroll down here a little bit. The Seattle Seahawks own the board. Once again, having already taken Tyree Wilson. Some of the popular picks here, Anthony Richardson, Jordan Addison. That's, a, that's an interesting pick. Uh, JSN, who is off the board, and Lucas Van Ness. Jordan Addison's a fun pick. Uh, Jordan Addison may be the most skilled route runner, one of the more productive players in this class. Just worry about his size. 59 catches, 8 touchdowns for Addison in a weird year for USC. He's gonna, he's Tyler Lockety, right? And that worked out pretty well. So let's do that. Let's make Jordan Addison the number 20 pick to the Seattle Seahawks. The USC wide receiver comes off the board. Number 21, looking at the San Diego Chargers. And the LA Chargers. It's, it was bound to happen, right? Bound to happen. But this is an interesting team. Accidentally clicked off of that. This is a really interesting team. A team that can use a lot of a lot of help in a lot of positions. It's just a matter of what do, what direction do they go. Uh, plenty of options here for the Chargers. Some of the popular picks with the mock drafts we have open: Brian Branch, Dalton Kincaid. I like that. Michael Mayer and Bijan Robinson. It's funny because forever it seemed like Michael Mayer was going to be that top tight end selected until Dalton Kincaid came on so strong, incredible athlete. And you wonder, are they going to try and put some more offensive players on the board here for Justin Herbert? I really like it. I think Dalton Kincaid's going to go way higher than people think, and he is going to be the number 21 pick in my mock draft. 70 catches for 890 yards, 8 touchdowns last year for Kincaid. Just a difference maker. Uh, Bavada has first tight end selected props, and Michael Mayer still the favorite, so there's an opportunity to get in here. Michael Mayer still the favorite at minus 120. Dalton Kincaid plus 175. Darnell Washington plus 275. And then guys like Musgrave, Laporta, and uh, Tucker Kraft. The number 22 pick. It's held by the Baltimore Ravens. I think they're probably going to have an additional pick when it's all said and done. This is... It's going to be fascinating to see what the Ravens do in a, in a post-Lamar Jackson world. And I, that's what I'm expecting them to be living in at this point. There's not going to be a quarterback that's going to present an option here. So they're going to have to start thinking BPA. Some of the guys on the board, Cam Smith... Uh, Quinton Johnson, that's a, an interesting option as a sort of that alpha X wide receiver. Tyree Wilson and Jordan Addison. Brian Branch shouldn't still be on the board, but I don't know that he's the biggest need here. I like Quinton Johnson as the pick. He, he feels like a Raven selection for better and worse. Uh, if if you understand what I mean. A boomer bust prospect 
with all the talent in the world, but 60 catches for just over 1,000 yards, 17.8 a clip, six touchdowns. Yeah, I think the Ravens gamble for whoever their quarterback is on TCU wide receiver Quentin Johnson is the number 22 pick in this draft. Number 23, held by the Minnesota Vikings. Some of the options on the board here, Zay Flowers, John Michael Schmitz, uh, Joey Porter Jr., and Zay Flowers once again. I'll tell you what, I think, I think the Vikings are thinking about that defensive backfield. And I think this team would have a lot of fun with a chess piece like Brian Branch. 90 tackles, three sacks, seven passes defended, two picks, can do it all. He can be a safety, he can be a nickel. He even played some outside corner uh, in the past couple of years. I love this pick for the Vikings. Brian Branch comes off the board, the Alabama safety, the number 23 selection. The number 24 pick, held by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars, another team, really fun, overperformed. Brian Branch, Deontay Banks, Darnell Wright, and Nolan Smith, some of the options here. And one of them that really sticks out to me is Deontay Banks, a guy who's been rising, rising, rising up draft boards. And you you wonder, especially after the run on corners, how long can he possibly stay on the board? 38 tackles, eight passes defended, and a pick for Banks, the Maryland cornerback last year. I like what he brings to this team. I like him pairing with Tyson Campbell to give the team a couple big, strong, fast, wide receivers, or cornerbacks, excuse me. And he's going to be our pick here. A luxury pick for the Jaguars. Deontay Banks, Maryland corner, the number 24 pick in the draft. Number 25 selection is held by the New York football Giants. Some of the options we're seeing, Kalaja Casey, Zay Flowers, Zay Flowers, and John Michael Schmitz. I think we're going to go in a different direction. I think wide receiver is is the play. And there's actually, I believe there's a head-to-head here. Yes, there is a head-to-head at Bavada here that you could potentially potentially take advantage of right now, I think, uh, because, well, because what I think, how I think this pick's going to go. The head-to-head, who's picked first, Zay Flowers or Jalen Hyatt? Zay Flowers, the favorite, minus 450. Jalen Hyatt, plus 275. I think New York's going to look to add the speed guy here. I know Flowers not slow by any stretch of the imagination, but Hyatt is a guy who can take the top off of a defense. And he is my pick here at number 25. The Tennessee wide receiver goes to the New York Jets. Um, like I said, just a big-time a big time deep threat, uh, 67 catches, 1,267 yards, 15 scores for the Tennessee wide receiver last year, playing with Hendon Hooker and Cedric Tillman and that dynamic Tennessee offense. Number 26 is held by the Dallas Cowboys. Some of the options, Brian Bercy, uh, Bijan Robinson, Kalijah Cansey, and Dalton Kincaid. You know, the, the, there's a couple of ways this, this, that this pick can go. Because I know that we all, we all like, we're all getting a little bit carried away with some of the tight ends on this, this Dallas Cowboys team, but that has been a position historically 
where they have had that elite go-to pass catcher. And I think Michael Mayer is a guy who can give them that again. Harkening back to some of the more dominant pass catchers that, that the Cowboys have had over the past handful of years, just an extremely skilled player, 67 catches, 9 touchdowns, 12.1 per catch. I think Michael Mayer is going to really help C.D. Lamb, Dak Prescott, and Tony Pollard out in this new look Dallas offense. He's our pick. The Notre Dame tight end comes off the board number 26 to the Dallas Cowboys. The number 27 selection held by the Buffalo Bills. Some of the options we're seeing in Buffalo, Darnell Wright. Uh, we're seeing Joe Tittman, one of my favorite players in this class, by the way. Love Joe Tittman. Think Joe Tittman has all pro upside. Cam Smith and Jordan Addison. No consensus. I do think it's going to be important for Buffalo, though they would love to really love to add a wide running back here, but I just don't know that Jamar Gibbs is worth that number 27 selection. This feels like go protect your quarterback, and I think they do that in the form of Tennessee offensive tackle Darnell Wright. The uh, probably the safest, uh, the safest pick. Anton Harrison's an option. And Cody Mosh, love Cody. Uh, another guy I love in Philadelphia. But Darnell Wright is going to be the number 27 selection. The Tennessee offensive tackle goes to the Buffalo Bills to protect quarterback Josh Allen. The number 28 pick is held by the Cincinnati Bengals. Some of the popular picks going to Cincinnati. Dalton Kincaid is off the board. Darnell Wright is off the board. Jamar Gibbs is on the board. And Cyrus Torrance the big interior offensive lineman, dominant pass blocker, dominant run blocker, excuse me. I think that Cincinnati is going to go offensive tackle because I do think at the end of the day, Jonah Williams is going to get traded, which means they're going to need a right tackle. And can you imagine pairing their new left tackle with big Dewan Jones? the offensive tackle from Ohio State. That's going to be fascinating for a cold-weather team that wants to control the clock, wants to be able to run the ball, to have two tackles. That mammoth is uh, going to be a huge option. Jones has a little bit of developing to go, as as does all of these draft prospects, but the upside is sky high. Dewan Jones, Ohio State offensive tackle, the number 28 pick to the Cincinnati Bengals. Three picks remaining because of the forfeited Miami pick. Number 29 is held by the New Orleans Saints, courtesy of the San Francisco 49ers. Some of the picks here, Brian Bercy, uh, Derek Hall, the edge from Auburn. I think that's a little early. B.J. Ojolari, the edge from LSU. See what I said about Hall. And Michael Mayer, the tight end from Notre Dame. There's not a great fit here. This does feel like an option for a trade-back kind of situation. I think the Saints are going to gamble on upside here. I think this guy has to go in the first round. I'm shocked he's not off the board yet. He really should be. Uh, and I'm, of course, I'm talking about one of the the real combine risers from the draft this year. Kalijah Casey. Kalijah Cansey, pardon me. The undersized, but immensely talented Pitt defensive tackle, 31 tackle, 7.5 sacks, unreal burst, uh, gives the team a pass rushing option. 
Kalaja Kansi, the number 29 selection to the New Orleans Saints. And I'm doing this. Look, I had to take him off the board. Didn't want you to, didn't want everyone to say I'm being a homer, uh, having Kansi fall to the Eagles. My beloved. Number 30, the Philadelphia Eagles. Having already taken Nolan Smith and Edge at number 10, this is probably another look to the future kind of pick. It's going to be interesting to see where it goes. Some of the, the popular picks, Maisie Smith, the defensive lineman from Michigan, Brian Branch from Alabama is off the board, Branch from Alabama is off the board, and Maisie Smith again. Do the Eagles go two defensive linemen, depending on how you classify Nolan Smith? Certainly possible. Could this be a Jamar Gibbs? That's certainly possible. I'll tell you what. Don't sleep on Josh Downs here. Uh, this team, I think, is going to look to upgrade that that slot receiver position, that third wide receiver position, I suppose. He's an option. Maisie Smith is an option. I, I love Joe Tipman. I love Osiris Torrance. I want this pick to be Joe Tipman. I really do. Uh, it's, it's a Philadelphia-type thing to go and get a guy for the future. They already drafted, they already drafted um, the kid from Nebraska last year whose name is escaping me, uh, Cam Jurgens, to replace uh, to replace Jason Kelsey. They Jurgens probably slides in at right guard this year uh, with to replace Isaac Sayamalu. But you're gonna need another right guard. Could it be Cody Mulch? Yeah, another guy who could could be could be an option to replace yeah, I'm talking myself into this one to replace Lane Johnson down the road also would compete with Jurgens at right guard this season I think it I just I, I, I keep scrolling down and I can't justify this this is really hard um all right, I'm 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 being crazy. There is an immediate need to replace Javon Hargrave. So boring as it may be, we'll take a second defensive lineman. You know the Eagles like to rotate. They need that defensive line identity, and Maisie Smith will be the reluctant number 30 selection to the Philadelphia Eagles. 68 tackles, half a sack, and a forced fumble for the uh, the plus size. Michigan defensive tackle. A lot of beef in the middle with the 335 Maisie Smith and the three, let's call him 50 pound Jordan Davis. 700 right? I would guess there's 700 pounds of a, 700 pounds of man in the middle of that defensive line when it's all said and done. The number 31 pick, the final pick of this first round in this mock draft show, held by the Kansas City Chiefs. Some of the picks, Anton Harrison, Nolan Smith, uh, and the, the K-State and Northwestern defensive ends. Ah, oh, man. I want... They lost me Cole Hardman. I wonder if they go and get some help here. I really like Josh Downs. I think the world of Josh Downs, I, and I think he would be a really fun option with Patrick Mahomes, with Sky Moore. I don't think they're going to be super worried about the size. Obviously, he's a smaller guy at 5'9", 170 plus pounds. But this is what they do. They score points, right? Um, 
So it comes down, it really does come down to Downs or Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers 78 catches, similar size, maybe 10 pounds heavier. I think Josh Downs is wildly overrated. And weird picks happen at the end of the first round. So Josh Downs, North Carolina wide receiver, will be the final selection in the first round this year uh, for this uh, for this Kansas City team. And that is now official. I don't know what happened there, but... So these, this is our picks. I'm happy, maybe a little bit surprised with a couple of these picks. Look, this was fun. Uh, enjoyed doing this. This is the first of what should be a handful of mock draft shows this year for uh, for the network. And thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Like, subscribe, do all that stuff. We'll see you next time.